0: In this segment, we'll experiment with the boundaries of storytelling featuring some of our friends, mentors, and advisors. We'll share perspectives and reframe the narratives that fall on a spectrum. We'll have unfiltered conversations around life, business, and everything in between. Between the vantage point of a deep thinker and an atomic player. Between an objective mind and a subjective heart. Between the truth teller and the truth seeker between two sides of the coin. As we wish everyone a very happy new year 2022. For the last episode of 2021, we have Alex Chisnell as our guest. He's the host of Screw It! Just Do It!, one of the top podcasts in the entrepreneurial space. He's also the owner of a podcast agency called Podpreneur UK. As I admire his conversation style, I must say that he has had some fabulous guests on his show. Some of his past guests include Ted Baker founder Ray Kelvin, Innocent founder Richard Reed, Dragon's Den star Piers Linney, best selling authors like Mark Victor Hansen, Apprentice TV winner Karina Lepore, Knott's co founder Holly Tucker, Cobra Bear founder Lord Billy Moria, Grenades Alan Barrett, and Hill's Julian Hearn. He has also had England and British Lions rugby star James Haskell and Udemy, and now Maven CEO, Gagan Biani. Before we speak about Gagan Biani, uh, quite curious, how did the conversation with James Haskell go, Alex?
1: Caught him at a really interesting time in his life because he was planning on going playing in the World Cup with England and then he got injured and he wasn't able to go. He had to retire from his career, which he'd been doing for probably 15 years. So I, I caught him at quite a low time, I guess. He was trying to figure things out on his own and he didn't really know which direction he wanted to go in but he just had lots of opportunities I was trying to accentuate the positive and saying to him well look you could do this you could do this you could do this but um yeah he was he was quite he was a little low actually but it was it, was, it made it a really interesting conversation than you'd normally expect to have you know
0: yeah. So uh, back in 2014, when I was uh, doing a little bit of consulting stint in the UK, I was actually uh, going to a place very closely in West London, which is like Twickenham, where they used to have the rugby stadium as well. And I think England was preparing for the 2015 World Cup at that point in time. So it was always an en route to my uh, you know job location in Mogden. So that, I was consulting with a company called Thames Water back in the day. So good stuff.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. I, I literally drove past Twickenham last week. I was in London for the week, so I, I saw it there and there's a bunch of games happening, I think this Saturday actually, just before, uh, after our recording, so yeah.
0: Yeah, excellent. So uh, some of the great guests as well, Alex, at your end, I see Gagan Biani. So Gagan Biani was in our podcast as well last month. We happened to be in the Maven Accelerator that he's building currently and uh, you also had him in the month of October. How did that go with you?
1: Yeah, do you know what? Uh, we got on like a house on fire. It was, it was one of those interviews that, that happens once in a while that um, you, you feel like you've known each other before. And um, the conversation could have gone on for, for hours. You know, I just found him a really interesting cat. And um, I would love to hook up with him again, actually. So great guy, really interesting what he's doing. And I, I didn't know you were on the same accelerator as him there. So that must have been super interesting.
0: Absolutely. And we had a great time having the conversation with uh, Gagan as well. Lovely conversation, to be honest. So just to get started, Alex, uh, I've been listening to you a lot on Clubhouse and a bunch of other potential audio mediums as well. Would love to uh, know about more about your journey before you started your first show, sometime almost like six, seven years back, I believe so. Could you just tell your journey up until then? And why did you start at that juncture?
1: Yeah, well, I guess... So kind of come full circle in the audio space because I I went from university at Bath in England straight into the BBC uh, radio in Wales in Cardiff which is my my hometown as a presenter my first ever interview was with the Lennox Lewis who at the time was heavyweight champion of the world boxing and I then ended up leaving and traveling the world. And my plan was to do that for two years. I joined Virgin Atlantic Airways and it ended up just being one hell of a experience and a great lifestyle, to be honest with you, traveling world. You know, every week I was in a different country in and in a different city, be that in America, in, in India, in Africa, you know, the Caribbean, wherever. And I'd always just had this itch that I wanted to start my own business. So after 16 and a half years, I finally decided to make that move back in 2009. And I left and set up my own business. And I'm now on, I would say, uh, business number four. And it's one of those journeys, I guess, that I now feel like I'm doing what I should be doing, if that makes sense. Um, and all of the other things that I did kind of brought me to this space. And at the time when I decided to leave, I don't know, I, I had a bunch of ideas. The first idea didn't work, but it was a hell of an experience. You know, for me, it's, you know, failing fast to, to then succeed is absolutely key and I ended up uh, you know getting reeled back into the Virgin group and working for Richard Branson's uh, not-for-profit business called Virgin Startup which helped entrepreneurs with funding and mentoring and that ultimately led me to doing what I'm now doing as a as a podcast agency owner because I actually started creating a podcast for them which turned into my own podcast and it's a, a little bit of a story behind that but but ultimately that's why I have my podcast now called Screw It, Just Do It. And ultimately, again, that led me to launching my podcast agency because people just kept asking me for help with launching their own podcast. So in the end, I was like, do you know what? Let's help other people enjoy the experience that I've had. And for me, it's it's been a complete life changer. It's been an amazing experience for everybody to at least try making their own podcast. The podcast isn't for everyone. You know, you could be more suited to video, you could be more suited to writing. But I think you need to be telling a story in, in one way, shape or form.
0: Absolutely. When you were mentioning about your story, I think I happened to listen to that story in one of your clubhouse rooms as well, where, uh, you know, you were pitching to a lot of people in the Virgin ecosystem from like one person to another, from one unit to the another organization unit as well. You got so bogged down that you realized that, you know, by the time you have started your own podcast, uh, you know, seasons, et cetera, they haven't started their, uh, you know, seasons as well. So that was a wonderful story as well. Uh, quite curious to know, I mean, like uh, how many years you have been in the ecosystem per se? It's been like more than six, seven years. Is that fair to uh, say?
1: So my so in the podcasting space, uh, it will be five years in January, actually. But the audio space, you know, going back to BBC Radio is obviously a couple of decades.
0: So especially last two years are very unique because the barriers to entry into the podcasting ecosystem has really decreased, which means that right now we are doing a remote recording. Back in the day, you would have met a lot of your guests in like studio rooms or you would have invited them over over, you know, and then had the conversations as well. So now we see a really spike in the podcasts that are getting minted in different parts of the world as well, because it has just become easier to record on a Zoom call or on any of the platforms like Squadcast, Riverside or any other uh, technology platforms as well. Do you see... In the coming months, that the quality of podcasts that are really getting minted are not at that level itself. What's happening uh, with respect to the quality of the content that you would expect from typical podcasts as well?
1: Yeah, good question, and you're right. Look, January 2020, there was 850,000 podcasts. You know, fast forward to to now, you know, November 2021, and there's over 2.7 million podcasts, but the the important thing to remember here is that there's only around a quarter of a million podcasts that are actually creating new content on at least a monthly basis. So, look, a podcast is not for everybody; it's not going to suit everybody. And and I think you know just by definition, the fact that the quantity has dramatically increased is going to mean that the quality is likewise going to de- decrease because there's just going to be different quality you know right across the board. You know, without shadow of a doubt. And, that shouldn't stop people though, because you know when I look back and listen to my first episode, and I had the pleasure of actually meeting my first ever guest last month in September, Stephen Bartlett from Social Chain. He's about to become uh, in January the youngest ever uh, dragon on the BBC Dragon's Den TV program. But we'd recorded that remotely five years ago, and I actually got to meet him in person, which was which was really cool. But look, if I if I listen back to that episode, I would kind of cringe and. You know the quality wouldn't be anywhere near that i'm I'm just so much more relaxed and laid back now when it comes to my interviews i don't get any anxiety or get wound up by it but i I get it because i'm working with people all the time who are you know recording their, their first podcast so i don't think people should you know be afraid of doing that just accept the fact that your first podcast aren't going to be that great and that's fine but you know start now Get perfect later, you know, learn on the fly. You're only going to learn like anything in life by, by practice. So, the flip side of that would be somebody who messaged me asking advice and they'd said, uh, We're looking at launching a podcast. We've done some practice episodes and they went really well. So, we're about to record some more practice episodes. And I was like, How many practice episodes have you recorded? And they said, 35. And I was like, Oh my God, you're crazy. I just said, My advice is stop now press the record button and then upload and let it out into the world. I said, you do not need to practice 35 times before releasing a podcast or anything in life. You know, you're going to play 35 pre-season games before playing a regular season game in football or rugby or cricket or whatever. I don't think so.
0: True, true that. And uh, some of the newbie podcasters are facing this challenge because they are not able to get the right listenership as well in the early months of their production. So that really demotivates them to go forward with the journey as well. So there's a little bit of peer pressure in the podcasting industry as well when you are looking at the likes of, of course, I mean, you know, like NPR, and these are like shows that have been going on for years. I was just checking into the stats for, let's say, September or October 2021. And NPR had almost like 160.7 million downloads. And the largest one in the ecosystem in the podcast world was I heard, uh, Radio which had 281.72 million downloads and streams those are unimaginable numbers i mean like people are saying that hey if you are not in one of those houses or if you are not like the guy riyas who had started how i built this you know by npr as well if you are not one of those podcasts then possibly you know you will really have less number of downloads in the initial first few episodes of your season as well so if i were to ask you Is there a podcast architecture as well? For example, if a newbie is starting a podcast today and they are also conscious of creating a very top quality podcast, I'm not talking about the sound mechanics and the audio editing part of it, but you know, the strategy part of it, because whenever I was listening to you, I was thinking about, oh, I mean, there are podcast strategists as well. I mean, you know, those those are things that people haven't heard of it as well, right? You always had a podcast producer. You had a host and you had a bunch of supporters uh, and the listeners as well. But what's a podcast strategist and if you could throw some light on that as well?
1: Yeah, and, you know, funnily enough, you know, again, one of the opportunities that came came my way and that was just by being on Clubhouse and somebody found me on there and they contacted me and they said, we're looking for a podcast strategist. We are the biggest podcast agency in Australia, but we need some help with our launch strategy can you help us? And I just thought, yeah, I guess I'm a podcast strategist then because I know strategy for launching podcasts. So, you know, we helped launch, um, you know, one of the world's biggest recruitment brands for them with the strategy. And look, for me, the key with any podcast is, yes, you know, take that as a given that you've, you've chosen something that you're you're passionate about, that you're interested in podcasting about, you know, you've again, taking it as a given that you've identified who your ideal listener should be, and the result that they're going to get by you listening to their show. But for me, you know, once you take all that away, and you, you don't get hung up on the equipment, you know, you can literally record, you know, as as you and I know, just using, you know, one of these and the, and the free software that comes with it, a mobile phone. But look, for me, it, it's all the key is in the launch strategy. So not doing what everybody else does which is you know launching with one episode um sending it to your existing followers family friends and not a lot happening and you know as you rightly said before people get discouraged you know they they say that the the number is seven that people do not get past 99 percent of podcasters do not get past episode seven because you know they get demotivated they don't see the results and they quit before month two And, you know, for me, you you can use that analogy for for anything in life, you know, whether people are hitting the gym, because we know, you know, in January, people will not last through week six of the gym, the average person will quit, you know, before they get there. I used to be in the health and fitness space as well. So, so I know that, but, you know, for me, it's, you know, the whole tortoise in the hair thing. It's, you know, the showing up every day and being consistent. With your podcast, you know, there's there's no magic formula here, but is literally doing that. And I, I've had moments in my five years where I've, I've got demotivated, you know, where the podcast has kind of hit a plateau. But that happens no matter what you're doing. You know, I, I run long distances, I play golf, all of these things. I've hit plateaus, and you just got to push through those because you know the changes will come. The positive changes will come if you keep plugging away. You turn up, you show up. So look. For me, you know, when it comes to, to podcasting, getting your strategy right. So a couple of tips for me would be, you know, don't just launch with, with one episode. Launch with at least three or four episodes, okay? Because, you know, guess what happens when you send those to your, I don't know, say you've got 1,000 followers and 10% of them go and listen to the podcast, 100 people listen. Well, if you send them there and there's three or four episodes, well, guess what? You three or four X your downloads and your subscribers, so you get three or 400 downloads instead. And what's that going to do? You know, we launched a podcast last year and it had less than 300 downloads and it got into the top 10 for, for the tech category. Okay. You know, it's all possible um, because it's based on new data, you know, new subscribers, new downloads, new ratings and reviews. If it was based on historical data, then nobody would get past, you know, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee and Stephen Bartlett and all these other guys. But it, it means it's possible for everybody to do that. So, Look, we've, we've even launched a podcast this year with a, with a PR agency and it had 17 episodes on day one and it went to number one, you know, because they 17 extra downloads and that's a lot of work to put in. I wouldn't recommend that for everybody. Recording, you know, 17 hours of content to launch with is a lot to put out there, but it worked for them. They wanted to get a number one podcast in the marketing space because they're a podcast agency. Sorry, they are mark. They're a PR agency, so it reflected really well on them, and it worked. So, but at least launch with three or four because you know what happens is you'll get more subscribers, more downloads. What happens then is your podcast will then appear in the charts. You know, ninety nine times out of a hundred. And what does that mean? It's not just a vanity metric, you know, seeing your podcast in the charts. Of course, it's nice. um, It gives you a little bit of motivation. But, you know, more than that, it gets a new audience looking at your podcast artwork and potentially, hopefully, listening to your show. You know, so much of podcasts, subscribers and and downloads are down to organic search. You know, people looking on Spotify, on Apple, or you know, iHeartRadio, wherever they listen to their podcasts just searching within you know their niche to find a new podcast so you know load the dice in your favor if you are listening to this and you are thinking of launching your podcast then you know record put the work in record a few more episodes put it out there as a a little library and you will get that netflix effect that if people like episode one they're going to go and listen to episode two and then three and then four i've had people go back all the way through my back catalog it's crazy you know just listening back and back you know hundreds a podcast over time. I've done it myself for my favorite podcast, so I shouldn't be surprised, I suppose.
0: Absolutely. So Alex, thank you. I mean, that was a wonderful insight as well. And uh, going forward, there will be a lot of uh, podcast strategists as well, which means that people who really understand the podcasting landscape, and they might be in a better position to actually explain uh, to their clients or to their fellow colleagues as to how to build their podcast from scratch as well. Uh, I'm very ho about the medium of audio. I mean, uh, what are the chances that two people or the people that you admire to, you can actually talk to them in a remote setting whenever you want to via the medium of audio, right? So that is much more intimate and people really connect when you are talking to them for within a closed space of like 45 minutes or an hour. And um, I checked a lot of your episodes as well, and you've interviewed some of the greatest guests. So, in an interview based or a conversation based podcast, a lot of challenges that a lot of uh, podcasters face is getting or booking guests. Uh, of course, there are, you know, if you have a network, then definitely you have an upper hand or a leverage. If you already know a bunch of your guests, then it's just a phone call or an email away. But if you're trying to get new guests and you want to keep the momentum within your podcasting journey as well, how do you go about it?
1: Yeah, good question. And you know, without a doubt, having having a network is is fantastic. But you know, bigger than that is that the podcast will give you the opportunity to build a network. You know, that's how I've built my network, um, and that's why you know I've been lucky enough to to get such great guests on my show because I've connected with them on the podcast. Um, I will then always ask my guests to recommend three guests themselves who they think would be a good fit for my show. And, you know, what you find is people people want to look good, don't they? People want it to, to reflect well on them. So people will always refer really good quality guests. They're not going to refer, you know, really bad guests for your show. They want to make themselves look good. So, you know, and I I was taught, you know, Mark Victor Hansen, who's written One Minute Millionaire, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, He sold over half a billion books, you know, more than J.K. Rowling, you know, he taught me that he literally I finished interviewing him and he said, let me recommend three good guests for your show, Alex. And I was like, wow, that is fantastic. You know, I I felt amazing interviewing him, somebody I'd looked up to, one of the first ever entrepreneurial books I'd ever read was his and for him to recommend people, and he recommended fantastic people. He, he recommended Evan Carmichael, who were then interviewed. Who's had you know really super popular YouTube channel. Who's now in business with with Tony Robbins. Some fantastic guests. So so that's a little you know tip to take away. But you know if you're doing, I'd give you another one actually. So an- another way to do, to do it. One of the ways when I started, and I'm going to go back to now for for, for my relaunch is targeting agencies who have a roster of guests. So. PR agencies, for example. You know, PR agencies are always looking to promote their their clients, um, be that on TV, newspapers, magazines, radio, and now podcasts. You know, if, if you'd done that five years ago, they wouldn't have been open to that. But the fact that everybody now knows, I used to have to explain to people what a podcast was. Okay, now I don't. You know, I had the gas man around the other day fixing a gas leak in our house that was discovered when we were in London. And... He was probably nearly 60 and he says he listens to podcasts all day while he's, while he's doing his job. He said, I used, used to watch YouTube, but he says, I find it really distracting. Whereas if I'm doing my work, I can have podcasts on at the same time. So look, it's really now well known in the modern world that we live in that podcasts are a part of people's lives. And I think you know clearly lockdown had a huge effect on this with everybody cooped up indoors and looking for entertainment, information, looking to connect, you know, hence the explosion in the audio apps that you referred to before. But look, for me, approaching PR agencies and first of all, you know, looking at their website, um, making sure you're targeting PR agencies in the niche that you want. So is that a a tech PR agency? Is that a food and drink PR agency? Is that an entrepreneurial one? You know, targeting them, looking at their website, looking at who their clients are, and then approaching them and, and saying, you know, this is the platform that I have. I know your audience will be a great fit, you know, making it all about them and what you could do for them. So, you know, people who are being looked to be put in the press have usually got something coming out. Is that a new book? Is that a new record? Is that a new product or service? So they're looking for the opportunity to tell uh, the world about who they are and what they do. So, you know, why not cut out the middleman and approach those people yourself and look quite often, I haven't necessarily gotten the guests that I wanted straight away, but the way it kind of works is they'll offer you somebody else on their roster. And if you do a good job then, and quite often, again, back in the day when I was recording people in person, which I've just started to do again now, you have someone from the agency sat in the room with you. So they're going to report back on how that interview goes. So, you know, that's a really good Tip. And, and also, you know, if you, you know, some of the best guests I've had um, who've become really good friends of mine, like Piers Lenny from, from Dragon's Den, he's coming down here next week, stay in the weekend. I literally sent him one e- one message on LinkedIn. That's all it took, one email on LinkedIn. But you make it all about them. You make it personal. You, you don't just say, come on my podcast. You literally, you want to make it personal is, is what I was told and what I, I implement now. So for example, if you are approaching an author or a musician or a sportsman don't just say you're a football fan or a music fan but reflect back to something that they've done in their career that actually moved you maybe it's a you know a line in a book you know it's not just the name of the book but it's a paragraph in a chapter in that book you know make it super specific and they're going to find it more relatable um find out what their interests are, you know, follow them on all their social media platforms, comment, share their stuff, you'll get their attention. Eventually, you'll be surprised at the number of people who actually do look at their own messages on social media. Yes, they might have somebody looking after their account and posting their content. But more often than not, and you'll be surprised at you know how big some of these people are and how many millions of followers they have, they will still look at their own messages and respond to those.
0: Well, that is pure gold. I think um, usually I like the first hack where you said referral, right? If you get a quality guest and you have an amazing conversation with them for a few, uh, let's say for an hour or more than that, you can actually ask that guest to refer people who are like similar uh, in the same spectrum per se. So that's a good hack. I want to go a little bit deep into uh, the podcasting landscape in the UK as well, because of the various markets currently in the world, within the listenerships as well i think after us there is uk definitely somehow brazil also has a lot of listenership in podcasts and i was looking into the stats from statista as well i mean where are the huge number of listenerships for podcast listeners especially coming from different parts of the world so i'm curious um, in london i think uh, or maybe in uk I think one and a half years back when I was doing deep dive research as to, you know, who are the podcast listeners, I found out that around roughly 15.5 or 16 million podcast listeners within the UK ecosystem. Out of that were around like 70% were all like uh, people who are really affluent and they were, you know, commuting a lot in a London tube. Somehow they were connected. And those were the user cohorts. So just curious, how is it happening at your end in the UK, especially? I mean, are the podcast listenership changing over the last few months? And are there any new use cases or new user cohorts coming in as well?
1: Yeah, look, interesting. Like globally, podcasts increased from when the pandemic was kind of on everybody's radar. So like March, April, May 2020 through till now, they, they grew by 10%. In the UK, they grew by over twenty percent, you know, which is really interesting. So, you know, if you if you're taking the basis that something like uh, and I can't remember the exact figures, I was doing a presentation the other day, but I don't know forty percent say of the UK listens to podcasts now, then to take another twenty percent of that is is pretty significant number given we've got I think sixty seventy million you know, population over here. So it's only going one way. Uh, And yes, things have slowed down now in the last couple of months. I was looking at the stats again last week, I think. And, you know, that huge explosion that we had during from January 2020 through to maybe May, June of this year. So, you know, 18 months-ish. That's definitely slowed down. But I think that's just a reflection on, you know, society Yes, we've got this hybrid work model now, but equally more and more businesses are wanting people to you know go back to the office to commute in, and you know, such a huge percentage of people listen to their podcasts when they're commuting into work. That's what I used to do myself. I, I actually, you know, personally listen to less podcasts than I did, but I spend more time on like Clubhouse, which is, you know, an audio app. So I'm still consuming content via audio just in a different way. And now I'm looking at when I relaunch my podcast to actually introduce more of my guests to clubhouse and actually record rooms on clubhouse. Cause you're going to have this ability to be able to record the room and then replay the room. So you'd be constantly, and you can also pin a link so people can click on that link and that link could be your podcast. So people could go in and start listening to your back catalog, subscribe, Download your episodes, get you to rate it, you know, get them to rate and review, etc. So, you know, it's only going one way, I think. It's really exciting. I feel that we're still really early in like the evolution of this industry, you know, if, if it's a 10 year cycle, then maybe we're in, you know, I don't know, year four. I don't I don't feel we're even halfway through this journey. So for you know, anybody thinking about getting involved in this space. You know, if you miss the boat with Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, whatever, YouTube, then, you know, there's no better time. I'm, and I missed all of those, you know, first time around. Uh, I, I've, I've never found platform that I've enjoyed social media wise until I found Clubhouse, for example, because it is live podcasting for me. You know, it is just that because it goes back to what you said um, earlier says, about, uh, you know, that intimate relationship you form with someone. You have a voice in your head, you know, you, you form an intimate uh, connection and you feel you you really get to know that person. So for me, yeah, I feel like I kind of come home. It's taken <laughs> a long way to get here, but um, it's super exciting space to be in, I have to
0: say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And Alex, I think uh, you are really an early adopter in the space. I mean, you know, uh, you are already set uh, with your Alex and Sabrina show on Clubhouse and you know the future you uh, know, features that are coming up in clubhouse as well the monetization angle will kick off you know there will be a lot of other clips that get uh, you know circulated as well and there's a lot of uh, other new features within that particular platform that will be coming up as well so definitely I was looking into another stat that said that of the majority of the podcast listeners in the UK there was a study that was done and it says that around like 53% of the podcast listeners absolutely love the daily news podcast surprisingly Quite a lot of daily news that are, you know, launching uh, in the podcasting platform that is being getting listened to, because obviously I understand that there are a lot of people want to consume content via audio, whatever the happenings are happening around them, right? Like in the form of news. And the next 53% of the, I mean, it was a it was a complex chart, but they said around roughly another 50% of the people absolutely loved chat and interview-based podcasts, which is good because we all are in that same conversational interview-based podcasting as well. So that's coming second. And thereafter, the third one is serialized podcasts as well. And a narrative come quite late. So if you actually look for the listenership, The majority of the people are loving the chat and the interaction and the conversation-based podcasts as well, and which you are really great at. So yeah, kudos to you and uh, best of luck in the future endeavors as well. Now coming to um, uh, the, of course, we have covered the audio space and the podcasting landscape wanted to understand the business model of your podcast as well. I've uh, researched on your business model. Of course, you have your agency that has various tiers and pricing points for, uh, you know, giving a podcasting course per se. But how do you structure uh, the course? Because, of course, of the resources that you have, you have time on your side, uh, side, which is limited. So you would be curating your time like a venture capitalist as well, right? Like an audio capitalist where you would be deploying your time at the right blocks or right uh, junctures where it will give you the maximum benefit eventually. So how is the business model of your agency is? I'm just curious about it as well.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's evolved, you know, as as people have approached us and, and asked us to do more things, we've looked to add those things to what we do. So we work with a variety of people and, and a few times I've looked to to niche down on this, but there's there's no reason to at the moment because, you know, it's the same process. It's the same launch strategy, whether you're like a pitch last week to the biggest bank in the UK right through to last week I was in the studio with a bunch of what you would call I guess Instagram influencers who are on have their own Netflix TV show have their own MTV show and you know you couldn't get you know and they were saying so you got like the biggest bank in Britain and people's um outward perception is probably a bunch of middle-aged middle-aged white guys in suits you know On the other extreme I'm I'm in a studio with a bunch of Girls in their like early twenties who've got their own TV shows with you know millions of followers on Instagram. So it, it's it's a real you know variety, but it's the same process. Uh, it's the same strategy. We just tweak it obviously for the audience that we want to reach. So the way I've set it up, you know, with the agency, um, is that we offer an end to end service. So we would literally work with somebody like a brand or an entrepreneur we work with a lot of coaches for example who want to position themselves as experts in their field as thought leaders and a podcast is you know a great way to do that so we would work with them you know from the ideation you know through to like you know choosing the artwork and the music and you know setting up the hosting platform setting up the distribution channels to spotify and apple you know producing show notes um social media assets to promote um right through to helping them book guests book book studio or or do online you know that is the kind of i guess the the high end tickets that we offer um but what i've also learned and i'm going to be doing more of in 2022 is is teaching people so i recorded a course a year ago i've, I've never i did a i did like a uh, a demo launch but then got so busy i never actually launched it so i'm actually at the moment revisiting that because i recorded it a year ago i'll i'll also work like with the agency in in australia i'll i'll work as a consultation basis with with different clients who just want specific advice on the launch but they want to look after say they've got an in-house team that looks after editing and production that kind of thing so for me it's like you know you you've got the high end ticket packages of of working with you know big brands and clients here and then you've got course here and and in between that i'm developing you know different products that we can offer we can offer people as well because for me i'd love everybody to to try this and like i say whilst the podcast isn't for, for everyone at least try it and find out if it's for you but you know at least find a way to Share your story with the world. So I'm just kind of exploring different ways that I can bring that from a, you know, one to one basis, like with a brand to more like a one to many. So like a group coaching program is what I'm trying to work on for, for, for 2022.
0: That's excellent. I um, happened to speak to another business podcaster, Andrew Werner from the OnDeck ecosystem, and he's very active in the Silicon Valley as well. And he said that he was having his discussion with one of his coaches Uh, He has been doing podcasting for like 14 years. So so he has a good amount of experience as well. Uh, It's podcast is called as Mixer G. And uh, he was having a discussion with one of his uh, mentors where he got the idea that um, it's always important to uh, know who your peers are. And you should be, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to um, people or, you know, people who are really way ahead of you. And also you should be trying to coach people who are just one step behind you. And the answer that he got from his coach, James Altucher, is that when you are actually coaching people, it really helps you to know where where you are heading towards as well. You get get a broader sense of where the industry is going. And uh, when, you, when you are really put in a box to coach someone, you force your head or you force yourself to be much more clearer. And that really opens your neural pathways as well. So that's a unique insight that I got. So it always helps. To um, uh, coach people or juniors who really are in the in the same industry, podcasting ecosystem, and that really um, you know helps you as well in the journey. So, just something that I learned from Andrew Warner.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because I'm I'm just about to interview somebody today who has grown in three, just over three years, the world's largest online coaching platform. They've raised like $130 million in three years to scale it to like over 500 coaches.
0: Whoa, which is that?
1: So it's called Coach Hub is the name of the business. Um, and they've just... they
0: yeah it's berlin based
1: correct that's right and they just acquired their biggest competitor in europe who was called move one i think a french company so yeah really interested to know you know how you can literally go from zero to uh uh in, in three years scale a business like that and raise that amount of money is pretty pretty impressive
0: excellent and um now one of the thoughts that i had was that as um you are a conversational specialist as well so there's a concept like you can have guests through cold connections as well. But once you are there in that particular session for 45, 50 minutes, you need to really vibe with that guest, right? So, so, for, so that the podcast episode really comes out good. Uh, there's a concept uh, that one of my fellow podcaster friend, um, you know, Akanksha mentioned, it's called as aura um, mapping as well. So you read aura, aura reading. So in the first 10 to 15 minutes, you really have to have that right vibe with that particular guest as well. Either crack some jokes or try to do a bunch of conversation as well. And once that vibe is set, only after that, start off with your conversations. Sometimes the vibe connection takes just five minutes. If you already have uh, some context, like we have already met a bunch of times, at least through the audio platform Clubhouse. So we know a little bit about each other. That's fine. But if you do not have a context, then you know try to set that aura point as well. It can be in the first five minutes or seven minutes or 10, 15 minutes. Until the aura has not been set, uh, do not kickstart your conversation because the quality might be a little bit off is what I've heard about. I don't know. I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on those as well.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I always set... 15 minutes to literally break that ice with the guest because like you say it could be just an introduction from somebody else but you've got a line in you know you've got you've got a, a reference point or if it's somebody you know completely cold then maybe there's something in your research that you found you've got in common like i don't know you're both fans of liverpool football club or you know i've i've found all sorts of things with a guest but yeah i agree with you it's definitely you know you've you've got to spend the time to you know, make that connection. And then you both kind of relax into, um, into the process then. And it's it's a conversation, not an interview is what I've kind of evolved with with my own show over the years, I think, um, definitely. And it's, it's more laid back. It's, it's more a conversation than an interview, which is a bit more formal, isn't it?
0: Yeah, true that. I think uh, someone rightly mentioned that what was the difference between a conversation and an interview is that interview, you are already putting your guest on a pedestal, or sometimes you are like a needy intern asking questions, trying to get the knowledge from your guest. But in in conversation, you are also well prepared. And it's like a candid banter between two people trying to have a conversation around a bunch of things as well. Having said that, uh, I would love to know, uh, Alex, uh, do you have any Of your favorite podcasts as well i mean of course you would be you have your great podcast and uh, a lot of people would be listening to your podcast but uh, are you looking up to some of the podcasts or some of your favorite podcasts that you really once in a while listen to some of the episodes to learn the craft i'm just curious about it
1: yeah you know how i built this was the was the podcast by guy raz uh, from npr that we mentioned earlier that was the podcast that was the inspiration for me launching my own podcast so definitely that one, Stephen Bartlett, uh, Diary of a CEO. I listen to that. That's that's um, one that I've rediscovered, uh, shall we say, that that I really enjoy. And uh, a friend of mine has a podcast called Take Flight, Mark Whittle. I'll give a shout out to. He is more on kind of like life hacks, I guess. You know how to improve your your mind and your body, and the guests he he has on his show pretty cool um as well so yeah that i would those three i would i'll would give a shout out for
0: awesome because um you know it reminds me of a quote from picasso where he says that a good artist copy but great artists always steal so when you want to be the best in the craft <laughs> then there is no harm in actually stealing some of the you know best uh, angles or aspects from some of the best podcasters across the globe as well so that's a great one Uh, Do you recommend any books or something that um, some literature that a lot of upcoming podcasters or audio evangelists can uh, uh, dig deep into as well?
1: That's a really good question. I wouldn't say anything podcast specific because I was researching podcast books only last Christmas for my nephew. And I bought him some equipment in the end, like microphone and stuff and a book to accompany it. But I couldn't actually find any books that really resonated with me on, on podcasts, But I would say, you know, I, I would look at a book like, you know, whatever you think of him, whether you love him or hate him, Jab, Jab, Right Hook from Gary Vaynerchuk is a fantastic book for anybody looking to create content in any sphere, be that audio, video, written word, and then how to actually, you know, grow that content that you've created on all of the social media platforms that are available. I reread that every year religiously. And that would be a fantastic book that I would recommend to everybody to, to read. It's uh it's fantastic. And he even puts together a, you can, you can Google it deck and how you can turn, you know, one piece of content into something like 70 pieces of micro content on, on social media. So I I would, Thoroughly recommend uh, checking
0: that out. Sure, I think uh, Gary Vaynerchuk always has um, extreme emotions from his audience as well. Either they absolutely love him, or there might be some people who really, you know, have a different opinion about him as well. But irrespective, his content sells. People are watching it across, uh, you know, multiple mediums as well. So yeah, it's it's a success for him. Uh, there was a book I was um, uh, referred uh, by a couple of my friends. It's called as the Pod Hacker Playbook. It is by a few guys by the name of uh, Matt Wolf and Joe Fear. So it's about creating, amplifying, and profiting from podcasting as well. So someone just referred that to me as well. So that was a wonderful conversation, Alex. And uh, thank you so much for your time and giving your uh, nuggets of valuable, um, you know, information. Of course, you are disseminating that in uh, Clubhouse as well. And um, I'm pretty sure that you are very long on audio space. So so any any futuristic thoughts that you have on the on this particular medium as well? Just not in 2022, but what it would be like in twenty twenty five, maybe.
1: Yeah, look, do, do you know what? I, I I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, for years myself, people like Stephen Bartlett, Rob Moore have been saying, you know, is audio going to be the next social media platform? And then last year, boom, you know, it happened. It was all about how could you interact with your guests more? How could you engage with with your guests? Because you know, you record something, you put it out there. There's no live feedback, but the advent of the audio app, you know, like Fireside, like Clubhouse, like Greenroom, et cetera, is very exciting. And, you know, one of the thoughts is maybe, maybe, you know, it ends up with every single platform out there just has an audio aspect to it. You know, now you can record courses and just listen to them you know, via audio, instead of having to, to to look at a video all the time, you know, I've forgotten the name of the, hello audio, that's the name of that company, you know, th- there are things happening all the time in the space, I think it would just continue to, to innovate. And, you know, you see somebody like Facebook now, you know, trialing, or what are they called now, whatever they're called now, meta, exactly, you know, trialing tab on the profile page of everybody in the US to, to actually host podcasts. And you just see it as the same play that Spotify did the same play that uh, amazon did last year whereas you know they don't want people leaving their platform to go and listen to podcasts so why not just create your own uh, addition to your platform where you can actually host uh people listening to, to podcasts so yeah it's a, it's a super interesting space for sure
0: Excellent. I think uh, Amazon in the US just launched a couple of days back uh, live, um, you know, transcribing as well. So if there is a conversation podcast, you can actually see the lines and the words on your app itself. So that is a very fabulous thing. I mean, you know, so a lot of innovation happening in our space, to be honest. So. um, Thank you, Alex. Love the conversations and our listeners will absolutely get uh, the value they are looking for from the conversations as well. And uh, happy to listen to your, um, uh, you know, more clubhouse rooms as well. Thank you. Thank you once again. see